Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And today I have a guest on our show named Joanne Jeffries. And Joanne is an author of children's books, really, really great children's books. And of course, this one is about a cat. That's why we have her on the show. And so we're going to talk to her today about this book. If you have children or grandchildren or kids to buy books for this, this is a great one. So Joanne, welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you today. So start off by telling our listeners, in, in your opinion, what, what is your delightful book about? Well, the book, Have You Seen Tucker, is about a little girl who can't find her tuxedo-type cat. She looks everywhere. Her grandmother suggests that she goes outside. So she goes outside and asks uh, different animals and birds that she sees along the way if they've seen the cat. And so it takes her on a little journey around her yard and her area that uh, she lives in to find her cat. Yeah, in fact, as I was reading it, I thought, oh, my gosh, she is going to get lost because she's really journeying around into the forest and great places. So I was I was worried that the cat was going to have to come find her. <laughs> <laughs> it did look like that at some point. <laughs> and it's a I, I tell you what I like in, you know, when I read books to kids, I love opportunities to teach them things. And and you do that in the book in various ways. I like books that have words that are bigger than a kid's vocabulary. Like you said, you know, the the pheasant said indignantly, you know, and I love children's books that have words like that, that make you have to stop and explain, you know, what it is, because I think it's a great opportunity for them to learn beyond the story. And your animals, do you have, is it chuckers? Chuckers? Chuckers. Chuckers. I didn't know what a chucker was other than the picture. Right. Um, The animals, most of the animals that I used in the book were animals that are that were around the house that I lived in, in Idaho at the time. And so those animals, people who live in Idaho may recognize those animals. Other people may have to maybe look them up to see what is it really. So uh, Chucker is really kind of an, a game animal or game bird. Yeah, I can They're tell. Very, very pretty. I could tell by the illustrations, which if if nothing else, this book is beautifully illustrated with with what looks like watercolors. And uh, and I could tell the little chuckers look a little like like a quail, right. kind of a, a quail like bird. Right. And who who illustrated this? Is that someone, you know, I do not know the illustrator, but she really did an excellent job of um putting together the artwork for this book. It really turned out very nice. It really the is. Illustrator, she, her name was Lillian Barak, I, B-A-R-A-C. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know her, 
but she did a great job. Yeah, it's it's beautifully illustrated. And of course, Tucker is just adorable in the illustrations. Mm -hmm. And what would you say when you wrote this book, what age range did you intend it for for kids? I really thought about um, an age range of anywhere from three to seven. So parents could really read this book or children can look at the pictures and the parents can explain the story to them. And then as they get a little older and start to learn to read words, they could possibly read pieces of it with the parents' help. Yeah. And Tucker, the character Tucker, is is this uh, is this is there a cat in your life that might have inspired Tucker? Oh, absolutely. We we lived in a town called Payette, Idaho. We lived out in the um, the the count in the country. And I was weeding one morning outside the front of my house in in the middle of our uh, we had big lilies growing there. And I thought I heard a snake in the in the weed area. And I when I got up on the sidewalk, uh, this big tuxedo type cat jumped out. And that's who the story is based on. He just jumped out and lived with us for a couple of years. And one time we left for a weekend. And when we came back, we couldn't find him. He lived in the garage with a cat door to get in and out. And uh, he left and he never came back. And I really, really missed him. So that was the basis of this story, just to write it because I missed the cat so much. Oh, that's a great story. That that is, and it, you always do worry, of course, when you when you find an outdoor cat, and you know they're happy being outdoors, uh, right. facilitating that where they've got a safe place to to get to, and then also get to continue to live outside like they're used to. Um, that's a that's a great relationship, but you do always have to worry that one day they're not going to come back. They're either right. going to find a family who's, who's got food they like better or, you know, <laughs> something, yeah. uh, God forbid, something, something happens to them. And you also have a, a section in the back. This is great on, on how to find your lost cat, more wonderful information, tips on, you know, how to find your cat. If it goes lost, you have five good tips. there. great material to cover with a child if you're if you're reading this to a child how you know if our cat was missing how would we get it back and um those are those are some really good points there as well yeah we thought that would be nice to add things like that at the back of the book because sometimes you do lose your pet and you do want to find them so things that i have done in the past for other cats that i've had um, I put those things together and other things that I've read in um, books or watched on uh, shows about cats um, as well. So we put a few of those things together. And the same thing really about the responsible cat owner. It's really talking about how to take care of your cat and how to make sure your cat's healthy and um, has enough activity, whether you keep it inside or let it go in or out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good. And then there's another page on how to be a responsible cat owner. And I love that the number one thing is have your cat spayed or neutered because that certainly keeps them from wanting to roam as much. Absolutely. And we did have um, uh, Tucker spayed or neutered before when we first got him. I wasn't sure. I took him to the vet and I said, I don't know if he's been 
neutered or not? And she goes, no, <laughs> <laughs> we took care of that. <laughs> That's good. And I like the fact that in your how to find your lost cat tips, you you don't say to put out their litter box because that's kind of the general thing that everybody says is put out the litter box and they'll come back to the litter box. But I have seen more recent information that states that that's not a good idea because that's liable to attract other cats in and, and actually maybe make your cat hide or, or go farther away because of the fear of, of having these other cats in their territory. Right. I so actually I was, didn't think about that. I don't know that I would do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, the thought is that it, you know, it provides something that smells like your cat. And so therefore it'll find the, its way back to its litter box. I, I think, you know, it, it seems to make logical sense, but then if you think about it, it, it may not make logical sense right. as well. Definitely checking a shelter and putting up signs in the neighborhood and on next door and things like that is the best right. way. We had one of our neighbors here. We're in an area where there's lots of coyotes and predators. And so one of our neighbors has a, a Bengal cat who's young, just now a year. And he got out. She has a completely enclosed cat area, cat safe area. Well, maybe not so much anymore, but it, it supposedly was cat safe with all the cat fences and things. And we got an email saying her cat was out. Please be on the lookout. And so I dashed outside to go look and all these other neighbors were out. Everybody was looking and and then uh, it was great. She found him right away. But it was nice to have a an email network of the neighborhood to call to action so that, you know, he could be found quickly or at least maybe scared back towards her house by right. all the people That's walking good, around. That's a good idea, too. Yeah. To get that network. And in some places like where we live right now, there's, you know, there's not a lot of people living close in this area, but having that network would really help to find find a cat if it was really got out. And we do live in an area where there are um, coyotes, there's deer and horses run around and <laughs> anything that could scare a cat would, you know, be nice to have that connection to bring them back. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, the best way to keep your cat from getting lost is to keep it in. But we all know I mean, there are statistics that show that, you know, 50% of cat owners or more let their, their cats are indoor, outdoor, and sometimes the cats just dart out or some guest staying doesn't close the door all the way or something right. like that. And it, it happens. So being prepared is a good thing. And it's a delightful little story of how this little girl goes and talks to all the animals and, and, um, asks them, have you seen my cat? <laughs> and do you own cats now? We do. We have two, um, again, tuxedo type cats. <laughs> we just, uh, they're, they're almost, they'll be a year old next month. We got them when we first moved back here last July. We, um, and I think it was around October, we went over to the Ontario Feral Cat Project um, people and looked for a, a couple of kittens. We wanted kittens. And this one woman had been fostering these two um, kittens. And so we went and looked at them and took them home. They're ours now. Oh, that's great. 
That's great. Tell us and about the door only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to have to, to go through what she went through looking for Tucker, right? <laughs> oh no, that was, that was sad, <laughs> but it worked. It turned out, it, the book turned out real nice. And tell us about the, the Ontario feral cat project. The Ontario feral cat project is a project that started and I don't, I wasn't around when they first started it. Um, I think the um, community had gotten together, then the city council had asked a couple of people to, for information about how to control the feral cat population. And that's sort of how it got started. And what they do is it's an all volunteer organization. No one there gets paid. They work with three, the three veterinarians in the, in the city to take the cats that get, that they pick up. And they will take traps and go out and trap the cats, bring them back to the facility they have and house them, take them in to get them spayed and neutered, bring them back. And then when they're, you know, the next day, they keep them in for overnight and then they take them back the next day to the place where they got the cats. Mm -hmm. Because they, I, I think there have been some studies should, that show when you return cats to their the area that they lived in before, they um, keep other feral cats from coming into that area. And then eventually the cat population will decline naturally. Exactly. So they usually do that. They also will take uh, kittens from the mothers that of the feral cat people. They'll take the kittens, socialize them, and um, put them out for adoption after they're checked out and healthy with all their vaccinations and they're been spayed and neutered. So they'll take them to a pet smart or a local uh, pet store to adopt out the cats and the fees that they charge really go back to the cost of the spaying and neutering that they have uh, do with the vets in the area. So it's That's a really a nice organization. They have, they will go trap the cats for people that call in and um, I was associated, not associated, but I had feral cats when we lived in Hawaii. And there was an organization over there, but you had to trap your own cats and bring them in to be fixed. But there was a no charge to get them fixed. And then they would um, make sure that the cats got back to the owner and they yeah. microchipped them over there. But the Ontario feral cat people have, I worked with them for about a year and a half before we moved back to Hawaii from Payette. And it was really a delight to see the dedication of those people and how they handle the animals that came in that were sick, that needed um, special care. And so it's, it's just really a delightful organization. Yeah. And that's a mission that's, that's definitely needed. It's, it's needed in all communities and not all communities are, are doing it. And a, a lot of city regulations restrict, you know, the, the city from return, returning cats to their neighborhood. And you're absolutely right that right. if you, if you bring them in and you euthanize them or you bring them in and you adopt them out and they don't go back to that community, then a, it's very likely you're stealing someone's cat since 50% of cats are indoor outdoor, but B, if it is part of a colony, then it's, it's just going to fill back up with cats because they will fill up to resources. It's kind of like taking your finger out of a, 
a bucket of water. You know? Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Close this back around. Ontario Feral Cat Project is a 501c3, and um, they get donations and they have fundraisers, you know. Mm-hmm. But they, That's great. And I think many of the organizations like that, they're all set up a little bit differently. You know, maybe some of them don't, they only do the, they only do the spay, neuter and return and some won't socialize kittens and put them out for adoptions. You know, every, everyone is a little bit different, but they all, I think, have the same goal, which is to reduce the feral cat population by spaying and neutering and returning them to their, their um, area. Yeah. That's great. And I'm glad you put that in the back of the book as well, because it's additional information to talk to kids about, you know, why are there so many cats roaming in the streets and don't have homes and what's the best thing to do with them and, and how adaptable they are. They really are a highly adaptable species. You know, people, people think, well, oh my gosh, it's going to freeze to death. You know, in Texas, I have so many people that are worried about cats living outside and the winters are so mild there. And I always say, you know, if that were a problem, then there would be no feral cats in Michigan or the northern states right. where there clearly are <laughs> much harsher winters. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, they're they're a highly, a highly adaptable species. If, you know, if something happens that wipes out all life on this planet, I think we're going to have cockroaches and cats left. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so they they do really well. So that's that's great that you're helping to support that organization. Yes. So tell everybody too where where can they get this book? The you can get this book on Amazon, or uh, you can order it online from Barnes and Noble, or you can um, get it through I think Ingram Sparks or the Blue Water Publication. Okay. And again, it's called Have You Seen Tucker? And Joanne Jeffries is the author. And it's really cute. I I think you'll love it. And if you have, like I said, kids or grandkids or members of the family that uh, would enjoy reading this to their kids, this would make a great, great, great gift. So go check out the book. And anything else you want to tell us about the book that I didn't ask you today? No, I think um, we've covered most everything. It really did turn out. I have to give a lot of credit to the illustrator and uh, to Sierra Tabor, our um, editor. They really helped make this book what it is. It's really turned out very nicely. Yes, it's it's delightful. It's a, definitely, I recommend you you get this one. Well, thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Be sure to check out our nonprofit website at catbehaviorsolutions.org. And there you'll find a blog with a lot of information that is too short to cover on a podcast. Check us out on social media on Facebook and Instagram and follow us. We always post Feline Factoid Fridays and information that you might find of use there as well. And until next time, everybody, keep calm and purr on. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. 
Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.